Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast, part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee, joined by Billy Derrick. Luke Wyatt, not available to join us for the roundtable edition, which we usually do on Wednesdays. Luke is in Atlanta. We will talk some baseball. The D1 baseball poll is out, and Vanderbilt's got a place in it. We'll talk some basketball. The Commodores take on Red Hot Auburn tonight. We'll get into those topics. We'll hit the mailbag. And before we do those, a reminder, our news presented by the Wash House. Are you dreading laundry day? By the way, the Wash House also presents basketball season. Is it stealing time from the things you truly enjoy? Let the laundry professionals at the Wash House take care of that for you. With two convenient locations in the greater Nashville area, just drop off your dirty laundry. Our professional attendants can give you back the one thing you can never have enough of. That is your time. Within 24 hours, pick up your nicely folded, fresh, clean laundry, ready to be put away. Check out washhouseclean.com. Stop in today. Get your time back. Baseball season presented by our friends at the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company. It is a family-owned, third-generation milk and ice cream distribution company located in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. A partnership began 50 years ago with Purity Dairy in Nashville to provide purity milk and ice cream to consumers. In Middle Tennessee, they now serve Southern Kentucky, Northern Alabama, Chattanooga, North Georgia. Today, they supply grocery stores, convenience stores, and others with Purity products, as well as Mayfield, Nestle, and haagen ice cream. Purity, my favorite, the homemade vanilla. Gotta have it. Uh, for more information, visit their website at npmci.com. All right, since the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Studio sponsors baseball, since I think folks are a little bit more excited about than they are hoops right now, let's let's talk baseball. D1 baseball poll comes out. There's, what, five or six baseball polls. Uh, I think the two that get the most attention are probably the three are Baseball America. I don't think that one's come out yet. The coaches poll and probably my favorite D1 baseball. Here's your top 10, Billy. Wake Forest, Florida, Arkansas, LSU, TCU, Vanderbilt at six, Oregon State, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Clemson. Billy, do you notice anything there? The old, it just means more, Chris, huh? Yes. I mean, that's, it just keeps getting it keeps getting better every year. I mean, you, you feel like every year with, you know, the SEC, not only in football and basketball, but also baseball, it, it can't get better, right? I mean, this is, yeah. can it get any better than this? Well, every year it feels like it can. And, uh, Chris, this might be a stupid question. Texas and Oklahoma, not this year, right, but the next for baseball, right? Because Correct. that, okay, Correct. got it. So, But even still, w- without them, you still have six in the top ten, and to have, you know, teams like Florida, Arkansas, LSU, those are you know, two through four right there, Vandy and Tennessee and A&M rounding it out. And, you know, throughout that, you still got Texas, a team that's coming into the SEC, yeah. Alabama, um, you know, so South Carolina, you still got some lingering teams too. So Texas, I know you aren't even here yet, Chris, and you still got six out of the top 10. It's going to be another fun year in the SEC. Well, the, the baseball schedule in the SEC, there's three teams you don't play. Vanderbilt does not play Arkansas, which is third. It does not play, I believe, Alabama, which is 19 and is really rebuilt yep. quickly under Rob Walton, especially that pitching staff. They got a lot of arms. And the other team Vanderbilt does not play, I believe, is Ole Miss, 
which is not ranked. And I don't know how close Ole Miss would be to being ranked. D1 will come out with its regional predictions here mm-hmm. in a week or two. Uh, that probably tells you a little bit more. Frankly, I, I watch those a little bit more than I watch the top 25. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think number six surprises me much at all. You, you've heard some corporate waffling by D1 baseball. I don't mean that the, the wrong way. I just mean that you you hear one guy talk. You hear Joe Healy talk. He talked like that might be his preseason national favorite. You heard some other guys over there talk and felt like uh, some other guys might be a little bit lower on Vanderbilt. You, you could really make an argument either way. Mm-hmm. Now, the more I look at it, they got a lot of experience coming back. They're old. That's usually a really good recipe. In some ways, it reminds me of before the 2019 season. Now, there were a couple differences. They had a J.J. Bleday and an Austin Martin on that team that I don't think they got two hitters like that. But they got depth, and you never know if uh, but Davis Diaz is going to pop, if, if one of those freshmen, whether that's Holcomb or Kozul or one of those guys is going to pop. The, the pitching, they got probably 15 guys they can throw. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting season. And they, I'm not going to say they get an easy start, but you could do a lot harder in the SEC than Auburn, South Carolina, Missouri off the bat. And now, now then you go LSU, A&M, Florida, back to back to back. That's that's as yeah. tough as it's going to get for anybody anywhere, anytime. But it's going to be an interesting season and an interesting start to the season now that we know what the the rankings the, the, the in my mind d1 is the premier place to, to rank teams and i've been waiting for that one for a while yeah and, and every year i think it's a it's a reassuring sign for for any fans to see that especially in the midst of some some pretty bad basketball years and and obviously lean football years you know over the years these last six seven years to see this this ranking this you know preseason ranking come out Chris, I, I talked to somebody about this, this preseason ranking. Uh, you know, we see it in football with teams like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, maybe not anymore, but, you know, top 10 every year, right? And, and to, have a, to have a team in the top 10 every year, I, I almost credit the coach and that culture yeah. that he's built um, because it is, I don't know the number, but it, maybe it's been several uh, consecutive seasons Vandy's being ranked in the top 10. And, Chris, I call it the, the Tim Corbin bump. You know, I mean, yeah. say Tim Corbin retires after this season. I don't, I mean, naturally, I don't think you see them in the top 10. It's a credit to what he's built. And obviously they've, they've, they've got talents, not, not discrediting their talent, but um, it, I mean, that's saying something they finished last year ranked, I think 19th, I want to say. Uh, yeah. So, which I think was a little low maybe, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, obviously won the SEC tournament, uh, lost in the regional. I think that that probably pushed them back, especially losing to a Xavier team like that. But yeah, you mentioned the schedule, Chris, and you know th- this schedule lines up. I say easier. <laughs> you know they they still play in that. Uh, you know they the Astros classic. Uh, you know whatever they call that round robin against Louisiana, Houston, and Texas. But you know FAU, uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga is actually not not bad. Uh, Illinois no. State, you know, so it, it kind of, you know, Indiana is, is a is a pretty good team. You know, they have to play in the midweek, Dayton. You know, so I think, you know, obviously the preseason lines up not super, super difficult. Um, and then, like you said, the SEC slate, you kick it off with Auburn. Auburn's solid, but, you know, at home, that's a series Vanderbilt should probably win. 
uh, at South Carolina. They were down last year, that you know, ranked in the top 25 this year, but definitely, you know, a winnable series. And then Missouri. So first three yeah. SEC series, like you said, Chris, are are not uh, you know, it's not unbearable, not not unbearable. Um, you know, yeah. so but yeah, you gotta talk about the pitching staff, and I think that's where where I'll start. Carter Holton, Devin Futrell, and then we'll see who the third guy is. I think we've done that a lot of years where, you know, you know the first two guys and then you got to kind of piece together. Uh, could it be Cunningham? Um, you know, could it be a freshman? Could McIlvain uh, step into that role late in the season? I think you'll definitely see some spot starts from him. Um, you know, you've got you've got a lot of options there uh, in, in, that, in that third pitching spot, Chris. I'm interested to see offensively, you know, does – has it changed at all? You know, because yeah. I, I think that's you know, last year you cannot have that that kind of offensive output uh, and expect to uh, to make it to Omaha, maybe even Chris get out of a regional. Because I mean, there's some really good, you know, this two and three seeds that can really hit the baseball. They may not be able to pitch yep. super well, but they get hot with the bats. That's what happened. Oregon. I mean, or- that's a really good mm-hmm. Oregon team. They ended up losing uh, in the super round to uh, to Oral Roberts, the team that got hot, which could also hit. Exactly. So I think, you know, I think Corbin knows that Holcomb could play a big role. Braden Holcomb, uh, the freshman, I'm not sure how much third base he's going to play offensively, though. They'll need him. Troy Leneve is a guy, Chris, I think if, if you know, could he be this year's? I'm not saying he's he's going to be this year's J.J. Bleday, because I don't know if, if Eddie's ever going to get that again. But if he could do something similar, maybe get to double digit home runs because they they need that. Well, start there, Chris. Right. You need some yeah. home runs. You need the long ball. In today's day and age, you know, there's a lot more points in football, a lot more points yeah. in basketball. Every sport's changing. So, yeah, offensively, Chris, that's the question. I think they've gotten better. They've got some guys talking to people saying, hey, it's their time, right? It's mm-hmm. it's their time. Vastine, Diaz, like you said, they're older, Bolger, uh, Maldonado now too. So um, they've got some guys that have had a ton of experience. Now it's time for them to to really – Really burst out like you like you brought up 2019. A lot of guys did that in in uh, in 2019. Yeah, we're we're at the point where we've had this talk and laughed about it. Probably we're at the, we're at the rationing content mm-hmm. portion of of the athletic season. I, I got a lot more thoughts on baseball. I, I will I will give you one thought here because I, I think you you hit it with a lot of luck. Andrew Dukanich, watch out for that kid. He looked really yeah. good. When I saw him in the fall, I mean, he's probably their fifth option at starter. He might be mm-hmm. best best guy they got. I mean, let, let's not forget this guy when he came to campus two years ago or last year was a think. I, I, I'm not going to tell you for fact he was the highest rated guy they'd ever gotten to campus, but it was really close. Um, draft eligible sophomore, that probably helped get him there a little bit through six innings last year. Now, when I saw him in fall ball um, at the scrimmage, he looked tremendous. And, and nobody's talking about him. I don't see him on any any radar anywhere, which makes me I don't know if I've missed something, um, or he's just kind of fallen through the cracks. But I mean, I I see some, I see a piece there for a big time ace that that nobody's really discussing. And we'll we'll get into, I'll I'll talk to people in the coming weeks and get the the skinny because sometimes guy looks great in, in an appearance and you know behind the scenes he's getting battered around by his by his lineup every other time right. so I don't know how that went now, number two and then we'll get into basketball for just a brief second that I'm gonna have you pull up the mailbag because I got to be out in about 20 minutes got it uh it's interesting Wake Forest number one 
Yeah. Vanderbilt handled Wake pretty well in that inter-squad scrimmage. I couldn't go, but you and Joey were there. I thought that was kind of interesting. to look, I, I don't know how much weight to put in those. I think everybody kind of panicked a little bit after they went to Rutgers and, and Vanderbilt did and got hammered. Now, that's two things. It's a small ballpark, and I think Rutgers have been practicing maybe two or three weeks longer than Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt was in its first week or maybe early second week, and that's a big difference in timing. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if by similar token you throw out Vanderbilt looking great against Wake Forest here. Um, you know, that's also sometimes you're you're resting guys, you're trying to get guys situational work. I don't want to make all that. I, I do know that I think they were they had some of their names going in that series too. So that's interesting to see. You, you had two fall scrimmages against other teams. One of them right off the bat, you're going, ah, boy, I don't know. And, and then the second one. Now that you see Wake as preseason number one, you're going, okay, well, Vanderbilt more than held its own against those guys. Yeah, that Wake is really good, Chris. I mean, they got a ton of talent. Got Chris Burns, or not Chris Burns, Chase Burns um, from Tennessee. Still got Nick Kurtz, Seaver King, Massey, Hard. I mean, that, they got the best pitching staff of the country uh, by far. And, you know, it reminds you of of some of those Vandy staffs, you know, that Wake might even have a better staff than Vandy this year. I think they definitely do. Uh, what Coach Walters, right, uh, Tom Walters, I think, has done at uh, at Wake has been incredible. And it's been quick, too. I mean, fairly quick these these last few years. So, um, yeah, Corbin, you know, you know how Corbin has kind of laughed at the amount of talent they had to face and gave them credit. Uh, but, yeah, Vandy's got – some talent of their own, Chris, and and I think they that showed with the amount of scouts. Joey and I walking up uh, to the uh, to the press box, at least fifteen scouts right there um, in the uh, you know right behind where they usually sit, right behind home plate. So yeah, unbelievable talent level, Chris and Wake. I think if you're Vanderbilt, you you stood up to them. So that's pro- I think that is a good sign, even though it was a just a just a false scrimmage. And now for basketball. <laughs> ah yes ah yes Auburn tonight Auburn is on what a nine game winning streak Auburn is number four in Ken Palm heading into the game tonight Auburn and Houston the only two teams in the country top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency now Auburn has not played a lot of big time headed to the NCAA tournament programs it's dominance and it's one in its winning streak it's won all of them by double digits Billy uh, since that Appalachian State loss. But I'm, I'm going back and look at Vanderbilt's schedule, okay? Um, of the teams it's lost to, and there's 11 losses to date, San Francisco, probably an NCAA tournament bubble team. Texas Tech, probably in if you pick the field today. Memphis, probably in if you pick the field today, would be in. Uh, Alabama would be in. Ole Miss would be in. Lost all those games. Uh, lost several other games to teams that would not be in the tournament. And I point that out to say what what is ahead is almost nothing but teams are going to be in NCAA tournament contention. Uh, teams that I think would be in the field if you picked it today, Auburn, which Vanderbilt plays twice, Tennessee, which Vanderbilt plays twice. That's four games. In fact, those would be all top three seeds. Uh, Mississippi State would be in. That's five. Kentucky would be in, play them twice. That's six and seven. I think South Carolina would be in. That would be eight, although Carolina's loss at Georgia last night might knock that team down to the bubble. I would expect it would. So seven or eight. Uh, A&M, 
probably bubble in at this point after losing to Arkansas last night. That's nine. Uh, I don't think Georgia's going to be in, but got a shot. Florida would be a bubble team. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's nine games against teams I think are going to make the NCAA tournament. If Florida makes it, that's that's two more. That would be 11. Um, you know, I don't know if Arkansas has got to run in it, but th- that's what we're looking at the rest of the way. The only – might be called it an easy game, uh, but Missouri, the, the only team that I think on their schedule remaining – and Arkansas, too. Arkansas has got to catch fire. And I, I'll be interested to see if Arkansas is even interested in playing by the end of February because if it's not in the tournament mix, it might not be. But that's that's what's ahead for, for this team, and it does not handle those kinds of games very well. Yeah, Chris, these next four games, it's funny. They play Auburn twice in the span of a couple of weeks, which I, I don't you, you don't typically see games that close. But, yeah, Auburn tonight – I mean, top 25 team, they could be ranked even higher. Their margin for victory, I don't know the number, but it's something ridiculous. They demolished Virginia Tech uh, by nearly 20. They beat Indiana 104-76 in Atlanta. They beat up on USC. Um, They beat up on Arkansas uh, last week. They beat – or a couple weeks ago, demolished LSU, a team that that made pretty good work of Andy. So – Auburn's really good. Chris, Janai Broom is back. It feels like they have everybody back from uh, from last year's team that uh, that came in and lost to Vanderbilt in Nashville. So that, I think they'll have a little bit of motivation. Uh, I don't think the crowd will be great. Uh, we'll see how many Vandy people show up. We'll see how many Auburn people show up. I think the, the the Auburn fans that live in Nashville probably make the trip. I don't know how many how many people coming up from Auburn to make that trip. But, yeah, you mentioned Vandy's schedule, Chris. Auburn, Mississippi State on the road next week. Tennessee at home on Saturday, and then back at Auburn. Missouri is that team that's kind of sandwiched in against some really good teams. Kentucky, South Carolina, Texas A&M, and then at Tennessee after that, Georgia. There is not really a slouch. I mean, and we bring up Missouri as sort of that type of team that that Vanderbilt maybe um, has a chance with, and I guess Arkansas on the road this year, you know, with, with how they've struggled. I'm sure they'll get better, though. Like you said, Chris, the same stuff i just i'm looking forward there's still a lot of basketball left that's the thing you know how like how much can change with this team they've lost three in a row uh, that alabama game like you said um i think last podcast was i guess you could say encouraging but then you lose at lsu uh you lose at old miss and then you have the comment by jerry stackhouse about uh you know we don't get junior and senior transfers uh, at Vanderbilt, they just don't come to Vanderbilt. Um, obviously, I think there there was some little, there was a little bit of frustration there. He was just asked about Ole Miss, and I don't think he's, you know, I don't. And we talked about this, Chris. I don't know that he's a hundred percent false uh, or you know incorrect in saying that. Um, I think it was it was directed at uh, at the Vanderbilt administration, um, you know, directly. So I think you know as much as that as Ole Miss people might have been upset with that, I think that was kind of some frustration from Stackhouse. He's seeing around the league, you know, you've got junior and senior transfers. He does have Mignon, but that's the only one he's gotten. Uh, Liam Robbins was actually a grad uh, uh, transfer, I guess you could say. Um, And, yeah, Chris, around the league, Ole Miss has a lot of them. Tennessee has one in Dalton Connect. Um, You know, every team kind of has that that guy or two that – that is an impact transfer. Vanderbilt so far hasn't gotten, hasn't picked up 
uh, an impact transfer, at least for this season. And you're looking around, you have to, you have to do that, Chris. I mean, everybody, you know, you can bring in as many transfer freshmen and sophomores as you want, but those transfer juniors and seniors stack knows, and he's right. He's right. That's what wins um, in today's college basketball. Yeah. And it, that's going to have to change. I think for Vanderbilt, Chris, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to to build up from those those freshmen and sophomores anymore. You, you have that's one side of it, and you have to you have to maintain that. I think that's kind of the the hole in Stack's argument. He hasn't done really done that part super well. Uh, the developing and retaining of players of of high school kids you bring in. So he hasn't done that's yeah. that part of it. You have to do <laughs> that part still exists. Um, but he's not he's not wrong about uh, no. about a lot of that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if a move is made after this season um, and 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 say a next coach comes in, you know, would he have a similar problem? I think that's kind of where where in the truth lies. But uh, it again, Chris, it wasn't much as much of a knock at Ole Miss as it was uh, Stackhouse just kind of showing some frustration. And uh, but, Chris, my thing is there's a lot of basketball left to be played. And I, yeah. I'm, Joey and I have talked about it. You know how much can this change? They're they're sitting at five and eleven, zero and three in the conference. They need a win here, I think, in these next you know three or four games, at least one, just to change the psyche and morale of the team at least a little bit. Um, I say that it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. You're in the SEC, Chris. So, whew, I don't know where it comes. Yeah. Um, remember when I I made the joke many episodes back about that their their mascot should be Spider-Man because of this pointing Spider-Man yep. meme. That, that's that's where they are. It, it, um, and, and you've seen it play out with basketball. I, I, I think that – I think my guess – we'll get to this mailbag. My guess is unless it just completely goes off the rails, which is a possibility, and they win, you know, they go over or something like that, that he'll be back. You're hearing youth blame. You're hearing, well, he doesn't have his facilities yet. Uh, and and now he's started it himself. He's look, I I've had so many questions about how they recruit and, and the <laughs> the process is is a is an umbrella term there. Or mm-hmm. it, I'm, I've been saying that since before they they played their first game. Uh, you, you've seen it play out. But at the same time, uh, that they cannot – 60 hours. You you cannot transfer in more than 60 hours to Vandy. I don't have an issue with that policy in some ways, but no other SEC school is bound by that. That that cuts out about half of your prospective group of transfer players. And then how much more does admissions cut out the rest of it uh, with, with requirements that other schools can – so he's not wrong about that. And, and this is the portion where th- there's so much – dysfunction and lack of competency on all all sides and just lack of a a winning plan that that you you don't know which spider-man's the right one they both look like spider-man they both got something against the other guy that holds water and and here we are let's go to the mailbag let's do it It uh I'll let you pull that up while I, while I do okay. our reads. Uh, our mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor Russell a call, 615-846-6200, see what your rights are and if they can help. Uh, Mater Nexon 
also a sponsor of the show. Uh, our friend John Levin sponsors this segment. Also, they advise government contractors on all aspects of their needs with a proud focus on matching legal solutions to business needs. And with that, let's have at it with the mailbag. Well, we start with Joey. And I uh, got to get a good laugh out of this. What are your sources saying on the state of coach Billy Derrick's job security? The team has fallen to one and four and seems to have a tough stretch ahead. Um, Chris, I'm not sure what your sources are saying, but uh, coming from the uh, coming from the mouth of the guy that, yeah, our team's struggling, Chris. We uh, we're, we're, we got to switch into a new offense. I think we're going to try out this new motion offense. Uh, but third, third and fourth graders, somebody, somebody brought up fifth and sixth graders. Now it's third and fourth graders. So they – Offense yeah. is not necessarily in their vocab, but uh, we did mm. have a couple of people chime in and say, I bet all the other teams of some of the best uh, fifth and sixth graders money can buy, and Billy's team wasn't allowed to admit older transfers. Mm. And then BMR17, I also understand Billy. Hey, thanks, alienated- Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I also understand Billy has alienated most of the team's fans. So there, <laughs> there you go. Uh, good stuff there. Th- thanks, Joey. Uh, if, if you can't win, keep it interesting, Billy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do a good <laughs> job of that on our board, uh, definitely. Um, next one here, Chris, and I think, again, I think you might have just mentioned this, ATL door. It seems like the contract buyout uh, for Stackhouse is usually a factor in coaching decisions, but I don't recall seeing anything about what it would cost Vandy to let Stackhouse go after this year. Any estimate of his buyout? Luke texted me this weekend and thinks it's eight million dollars. I, I cannot tell you if that's if that's right, or if that's for the um the two hundred forty nine people he's got on staff, if that covers all that too or not. But I, I don't I don't think they're moving on. I don't. We'll see if I'm wrong. Um I, I think it would have to be the Chancellor making the call like he did on Stephanie White. Um, I think everybody's heard this. I don't know what else to add. Let's go to DFW Mark. Was uh, was AJ Blazik encouraged to find another job? It seems his replacement was named very quickly uh, for a Vanderbilt coaching search. Not sure, not sure on that, Chris. It's really interesting. He kind of bolted for uh, for Wisconsin. I'd love to be uh, <laughs> to be a fly on the wall for that uh, in, in those walls to see. Okay, the conversation between Coach Lee and Blazik. You know, was he encouraged to leave? Who knows? Maybe Wisconsin offered him uh, more money. But the replacement, Chris, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, with the replacement, but Chris Klanakis, I want to say is how you pronounce that name. A lot of experience. He coached uh, Lamar Jackson at Louisville, Kaepernick at uh, Nevada. He's been to a lot of different group of five schools, power five schools. Uh, he's the replacement. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know how to answer that question, Chris, but in terms of his replacement, um, he, I think he's pretty solid, so I'm not, not sure if you know anything on that Blazic front. I was kind of interested. I was intrigued to see um, he left, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure something will come up on that. Just I don't know yet, though. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make. Um, I I always thought that they should have stuck with Peter Rosamondo off off the jump. Uh, that they, they didn't. I, it's one person's opinion, but I, I, I think that there was some talk at the time that I, I think that Rossimano to come after Blasek at a, I, I'm never, I'm not going to go there because I can't substantiate it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just didn't, 
and I liked AJ a lot. What maybe the nicest guy on the staff, really personable. Oh yeah. I got nothing bad to say about the guy, but I, I never saw an offensive line that I just had full confidence in. Um, and, and that's why coaches are there. Now, look, I think that the strength and conditioning situation was really dysfunctional there. I think there's some blame to go on Brandon Horgan. I think there's some blame to go on Clark Lee. So I don't know. There's no place where strength and conditioning affects you more than it does on the offensive line. So I don't know if Blazek got dealt a bad hand from all that stuff and, and it made it look worse. I don't know if it was something else. I, I did find it was interesting that Wisconsin hired him because not like that's a school that, that that misses a lot on offensive line play. So that that that's where I'm just – I don't know what to think at this point. Maybe that's an ask me again in a year when we've seen a new guy here and seen how he does there. Yeah, he had another Big Ten uh, landing spot for a Vandy coach, Justin Lustig, especially he was coordinators yeah. headed to Penn State, coach for James Franklin. They lost their special teams guy to Boise State. Uh, and Vanderbilt has promoted, or at least hearing that they're going to promote Jeff Leepak uh, up to their special teams coordinator, tight ends coach. So, uh, wanted wanted to get that out there, uh, Chris. Let's see here. Anchor no, down. No, was... that one that one hurts. That one hurts. Oh I, yeah, I don't yeah. have a lot of ambiguity on that. No, me neither. Another great guy, uh, Blazek and Lustig. You, it's you'd be hard pressed to find two better yeah. better guy just as people. Uh, just yeah. really going to miss interacting with them, to be honest. Um, anchor down 0714 with baseball season under one month away and everyone tired of asking and answering the same basketball questions. Could we get some early predictions and hot takes for the upcoming Vandy baseball season? Hmm. Hot take. <laughs> this is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, they have so many guys. Yeah. It's hard to say. We, 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 we like to talk about the X factor every year, Chris. It's hard. It's, <laughs> There's so many guys. I, Troy Laneve, you know, does he have a year where he goes off for 20 home runs? Um, you know, Chris Maldonado is another guy. Yeah. Davis Diaz. There's so many. But, Chris, if they all kind of, you know, say they all play up to their ability, this is a very dangerous team. Um, here's, here's my hot take, Billy. They have three guys surpass a dozen home runs. Now, I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know if that's going to be Laneve, if that's going to be – Holcomb, if that's going to be Maldonado, if Davis Diaz is going to step up and do it. I, I think they'll have more power by committee than people think, but I might be wrong. But my, my, my Dukanich is the one, and I need more information. But if you just want something off the, off the radar, how about him as a first-team All-SEC pitcher if it all comes together? I mean, yeah. that's one that, again, he might not even be in the rotation to start the year. But but, right. but the talent has undeniably been there. I I, I need a lot more time. Um, I'll be starting my digging into baseball here pretty shortly. So I'm, I don't know, I'm a quarter of the way where I where I would normally be. But I'm that's one that I'm watching. If you want something just as possibility, there you go. Yeah, I don't know if this is a hot take for me, Chris. I'll just give a prediction. I know we got to go rapid fire here. The last few questions, but I'll say they're they're in Omaha. I'll say they're in Omaha this year. Uh, yeah, and for the, for the sixth time, I think it would be so. Um, that that'll be mine. Uh, let's see, Omador. Speak of Omaha, uh, who'll be on the short list of coaches to replace Jerry Stackhouse? Um, obviously, Chris. For me, we've heard Chris Mack. We've heard. I know you. You uh, um, texted me yesterday. Can I can I mention this guy, Chris? Is the, the sure. uh, okay? Um, high point. 
head coach, and I'm already Alan forgetting Huss. his name. Alan Huss. Alan Huss is a guy. I have a buddy that went to High Point. I texted him about it. Uh, he said he's a great coach. You know, they, they, they've started hot here. Uh, they play in a good conference in the Big South. He's done a great job at High Point. Um, Chris Mack is a guy that's always thrown around. College of Charleston head coach. Um, forgetting his name too now, Chris. Um, uh, Pat Kelsey. Pat Kelsey. Yeah, Pat Kelsey, obviously. Um, I, that's, that's who I – Pat Kelsey, the High Point coach. Um, I know uh, Richie McKay. At uh, at Liberty's been mentioned. Yeah, um, Casey Alexander think, would be on there. I Casey think. Alexander. Um, yeah, I, Huss is the name that a, another. I've got a contact on another Power Five staff that's that's very familiar with him, and he, he said Huss's guy. I think he was he was just he believes in him enough that he was just like, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but make him the guy and just end it. Uh, I know he's only been high point one year. They're the best team in that league right now. He brought in four really good transfers, and he ran the NIL stuff at Creighton and ran it pretty well. So that the, that was his reason. Now, now, what I think, I think Candace Lee is, you know, I think ultimately the chancellor is the one that's going to, the way it's been explained to me, she'll make a recommendation. He'll say either yes or no. My guess is her top two people would be Tommy Amaker at Harvard and Russell Turner at UC Irvine. Interesting. Amaker would, oh, they'd fit right. And that's, in. and that's, um, well, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I don't, I don't say that just out of blind speculation. I'll leave it there. Interesting. Now, now that, that my information may be out of date. It might change, but I think those would be starting points of where she would look. Interesting. Okay, Chris, rapid fire here. Uh, given Coach Clark Lee's added support on several fronts, how about a roundtable on his odds of turning the program around to where he goes bowling two out of three years going forward? Interesting. Um, that seems steep. Yeah. I, I mean, I they, they've can, won two SEC games in three years. I, I don't know how you can put that as a, you know, if if it's 50-50, take the, take the over on that. I just – I. They got to show a lot more before I'm there. Oh yeah, I'm back to believe it when I see it. Um, you know, after the five and seven season, heading into last year, Chris, I was like, okay, we were all, I think, fairly positive. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I, I, I would bet more on, you know, in the next two years, maybe year five, getting closer. Uh, not quite this year, but year five, uh, getting closer to that bowl game, um, and then maybe, you know, who knows what happens? Again, we have to see it. Uh, we have to see Nate Johnson and Tim Beck and uh, all the, these new coaches, new players uh, operate uh, b- before we we can really talk positively or negatively um, about this team. It's going to be different. It's going to be very different. Um, okay, Chi-Town Door, what is the sentiment around Vanderbilt men's basketball locker room? Has the team quit on Stackhouse? I don't think it's, I don't think it's quit. Uh, no, he's clearly... He's clearly been at odds with some guys the last couple of years. Um, Seems like there's been some, I don't know if friction's the right word with him and Tyron Lawrence, but it hasn't gotten the 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 Tyron Lawrence we expected. Um, seen the bench at certain times. I I don't know. I mean, it's just I I think the main explanation for their performance. I'm not ruling that one out. Is it just not very good? Yeah, they, they have just got the I, worst depth in the league. They've got. Um, they got three guys I like. They've got Ezra Manion is a heck of a player. 
could play for about any Vandy team we've mm-hmm. we've seen. Um, Tyron Lawrence can be good on certain nights, and has been more good than bad lately. And then Alan Lubin's been a nice guy. After that, well, Jason Rivera Torres that that yeah. that's a guy that I really like, but their depth is atrocious. Yeah, Chris, they just they don't have enough players. I mean, it, it's not uh, overly complicated. I don't think they've quit on him, but I can't imagine the locker room morale is great right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're five and eleven, zero and three in the league. You got some tough games coming up. And your your own fans aren't necessarily showing up to the games. Sta- uh, Tyra Lartz came out and said, you know, he he said he wishes more fans would would be here. Well, you know, you you are five and eleven, and I think that kind of affects the morale. Um, well, hard to blame the fans for this one. Yeah. Uh, can we retain some of the young talent, Isaiah West, Rivera Torres, after Stackhouse is firing? Again, that's this is assuming Stackhouse is fired. You don't think it's yeah. happening. Um, no. I'm kind of leaning on for the fans' sake, you know, banking on it. Again, I, I don't know. No one knows. I, I, don't, I don't think. Um, but Isaiah West, probably, I would think so because he's locally. I don't know. Rivera Torres might be tougher because of his relationship with Stack. I think Stack did a good job getting him here. Um, obviously with the movie he played in, but that's that's probably a little bit of a tougher question to answer. Well, uh, l- let me let me read you some stats. Um I really like Rivera Torres. Um the shooting efficiency isn't quite there yet, but he's a freshman. I, I think he's gonna be a really good player for somebody, whether it's Fandy or somebody else in a couple of years. Um I guess West statistically has been a little bit better than I knew. Um, although he's got more turnovers and assists, which is not where you really want to be as a point guard. Lang has got a, a good rebounding skill set. He's not going to be much of a scorer. Uh, J.Q. Roberts is shooting 24% for the field. Malik Presley is shooting 29% from the field. They're both scoring under two points a game. I, I just don't think this is a – a bumper crop of a freshman class. I mean, you, you definitely want to keep Rivera Torres. Maybe with West as he gets further out from the injury, it works. But I just, I and, and Lane can help you. But if, if those guys are your starters next year, you're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. I mean, that's. I, I think there's. I think there's potential that they roll out a team if they don't make a coaching change next year. That's worse <sighs> than the one we're seeing now. Yeah, and Chris, like tonight, you know, Janai and Broom, most of the game is probably going to be guarded by Car- by Carter Lang. That's not a. It's not a matchup that's favorable. No. There's too many of those where you look at and you're going, oh, this guy is guarding this guy. That's not right. There's just there's too much of that uh, with, with this team. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see tonight, though. And uh, I, that'll pretty much do it. Chris, I think we covered some of the other questions uh, already. Um, but, yeah, thanks, everybody. We got especially Joey for the, the question kicking us off. <laughs> yeah, well, um, back at it Wednesday. Next Wednesday with Luke. Um, maybe Billy wins a game between now and then. Yeah, Chris. Maybe I won't. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll. I'll be jobless. We'll. We'll have to see. It's. <laughs> it's getting hot. <laughs> Ooh. Well, it's not hot here. It's. It's three degrees when I walked Oreo this morning. So. Mm, stay safe if stay, if you are. Safe. Yeah, planning on going tonight. Uh, be smart about it. Uh, again, I'll be interested to see the crowd. Uh, Joey and I are going to attempt to to get over there. Uh, my route's probably a little bit tougher uh, than Joey's, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. You got Auburn uh, tonight, and then uh, Saturday, 
keep forgetting the schedule. I want to say it's Mississippi State, Chris, at Mississippi State. So it is uh, their their next four are brutal at Mississippi yep. State, Tennessee, here, Auburn, there. Well, you get to see the baseball team. They're signing autographs before the game tonight. Ah, there so you go. maybe some some motivation there for fans. There's always a silver lining, Billy. We just got to look <laughs> hard enough. <laughs> Actually, there's not always a silver lining. I can, can tell you that from. <laughs> 21 years of this, but you're uh, the man for that. <laughs> well, we find one where we can, uh, and, and all, all kidding aside. Um, thanks everybody for listening and watching. This is the Vandy sports podcast. Uh, Oh, anchor impact guys. Oh uh, yeah. This thing let's, let's, uh, let's give them their due on the way out too. Commodore Nation, get closer to Vanderbilt Athletics than ever before with Anchor Impact, the official NIL collective for Vanderbilt University. Gain access to unmatched exclusive coverage and be part of a -a one-of-a-kind community. As an Anchor Impact member, you gain exclusive privileges and benefits, offering deeper engagement with student-athletes, coaches, staff, and the entire Vanderbilt community. You can access behind-the-scenes content, exclusive events, unique merchandise, and personalized experiences, creating an unparalleled connection with the student athletes journey, a lot like the interview Chris did with uh, with CJ Taylor. So subscribe, you can go yeah. check that out. Uh, you also become a catalyst for change, redefining the landscape of college athletics and showcasing the potential impact of NIL on student athletes' lives. Help the Commodores thrive and contribute now by logging on to anchorimpact.com slash register. Yeah, that's that's their way out of a lot of this. So I uh, hope the folks out there listening will support yes. it. All right. For Billy Derrick, I'm Chris Lee. This has been the Vandy Sports Podcast. Thanks for watching and listening, and we'll see you again soon.